You're listening to A Little Less Alone, and we're your hosts, Allie and Kayla. We're going to be talking about all things mental health, self-love, Enneagram, daily life, and everything in between. We will keep it authentic, and we won't shy away from sharing our truth and keeping it real. Before we dive in, know that you are seen, you are heard, and you are valid. We're so glad you're here. Hi, friends. Welcome back to A Little Less Alone. We're here this week to talk about our dreams and what holds us back from our dreams. We're also going to talk about some heavier things like dreams we might have had in the past and either maybe they didn't come to fruition or we held ourselves back from not achieving those or life happened, shitty things happened that derailed that process. So we want to be, like we said, open and authentic. So we're going to be talking about those things too. Yes. And I guess we can start by talking about maybe some dreams that we did have in the past that didn't, like Ali said, come to fruition. So for me, I never really considered myself a dreamer. I don't know. I think it partially because I didn't, I don't know. I feel like like I said last week, like I didn't really have an identity and I didn't even know what I wanted for myself. I mean, I knew some things that I liked. Like I knew, for example, I really liked kids and I liked help and I wanted to help people. So when it was time to pick a major, I ended up choosing nursing and hopes of becoming a CRNA, which I think that was mostly because that would make a lot of money. <laughs> and then my first semester was pretty tough and I ended up changing my major to education because I actually always wanted to be a kindergarten teacher, but I think that I didn't want to do that because I didn't think it made teachers made enough money, which they actually don't, they should get paid more, but that's another story. So anyway, I changed my major to education. Well, then once I got into the part where I was actually teaching the kids, I didn't really love it. And I actually ended up changing my major again, right at the end of my like college career. And I didn't really know what was next. I just changed it to something to where I could graduate on time. And I thought that I would go back to grad school and I had plans of going to grad school and maybe getting my degree in speech pathology or occupational therapy. And, you know, looking back, I do think I would have maybe enjoyed doing those things or maybe would have been good at them or I know I would have been good at them but at the end of the day it wasn't really what I wanted it was what everyone wanted for me or thought that I'd be good at like oh you're so good with kids you're so you know this and that you would be so good at that and while I do love kids and obviously I mean I've been a nanny off and on since I graduated from college I think I've just come to realize like those weren't really what I wanted and what was best for me. So outside of dreams and like your careers or your profession, and you know, those are like the things that we, we, we taught, we most often think of when we say dreams, but did you, did you have any other dreams about like, I don't know who you would marry or like what your wedding would look like, or, um, you know, where you live, like all of those, all those types of dreams. Did you, did you, do you like remember any of those? Oh yeah. Okay. That's so funny that when I think about dreams, I always like think of like career, but really there's so much obviously more to life than just that. So a huge dream of mine. And I think this is like kind of took preface over like what my career would be is like, I knew that I wanted to get married and have kids one day. I, the person that I thought I would marry, I didn't really have this like detailed picture of what I thought that would look like, but I mean, obviously I knew I wanted to be married to someone who was my best friend and, and I'm proud to say that I am married to someone that was my best friend, but I also a lot of times almost settled for something that I thought that I deserved because for example, I was in a relationship with someone who was very little patience and some anger problems that he took out on me and in the back of my mind, I was like, well, I'm a really patient person. So like, I don't deserve to be with someone patient like me or I, like we would balance each other out when in reality, like that was such a toxic way of thinking. And it just goes back to like me not having a lot of self-worth. And I was like, well, he has a good family and this and that, like, you know, on the outside, everything looked good, but on the inside, not so much. 
but at the same time I thought that I would get married way sooner than I did I thought I was going to get married like right out of college I thought I was really back back in like middle school I thought I was gonna like marry my high school sweetheart and we'd go to college then we'd get married and then we'd immediately start having kids well obviously that has changed and I want to wait to have kids like I don't want to have kids right after I get married and I want to make space for myself and for our marriage. So yeah, I definitely would think that like my idea of like what my future would look like has changed a little bit. Like, you know, the main pieces are still there, but like what exactly that would look like, I feel like has changed because I've become a little bit less of a people pleaser and I've created my identity. That's such a big accomplishment. Like, I don't know, just what you said at the end, like you achieving everything that you have and you not being such a people pleaser and like having those boundaries is like such an amazing achievement. So whether or not you were to ever achieve any other dream, that's such a huge thing. Yeah. Thank you. I agree. I feel like that's like, sometimes like our life's work is like to find out who we are and what we want. And even if it doesn't look like it did, you know, years and years ago, and even it feels like a failure, if you didn't meet those goals or dreams that you had for yourself because in the process you you learned a lot about yourself so yeah tell me about some of your dreams and goals that you have because I feel like I haven't talked about this with you yet so I'm really interested to hear what you have to say yeah I mean I'll kind of go with like the same trend that you went with first like profession first I'll dive into that so when I was really young I mean I remember being like four and five and maybe even a little older than that. I, I've always loved music. I've been very musically inclined pretty much my entire life. (laughs) And so I thought that I wanted to be a singer or a dancer. I took dance lessons starting from a very early age. And I thought that my life's goal was to be uh, a dancer, a professional dancer, a singer, or a professional singer, or to go on, you know, American Idol or whatever was popular at that time. And so in doing so, I think my, my dad was a very big, I don't don't know what the right word is, but just a big pusher for that kind of thing. And I actually ended up resenting singing. Uh, I went to school with a lot of people who even probably to this day don't know that I can sing or I, I don't volunteer that information because I don't know, that's linked to a lot of my uh, issues around seeing my dad struggle with alcoholism and my singing kind of tied into that. It was done at a lot of like karaoke bars where he would get really drunk. So without going on too much of a tangent on, on that, I just, singing kind of became a sore spot for me. And then during one of his like, you know, drunken nights at the karaoke bar, he told me when I was 16 that I would never be a dancer because I am too short to be a dancer. And I was already kind of behind a lot of people in the dance field. They had, you know, they had trained for years and years. And at that point, you know, I really only seriously started dancing when I was probably about seven or eight. And I I mean, that's so, that's still so young, but it's not early enough. I mean, you know, seasoned dancers start from time they start walking, you know? So I already felt like I was so far behind and I knew I was shorter than a lot of professional dancers. And so I felt like I really had to give up that dream that I would never, I would never make it as a professional dancer. You know, and then I had to ask the question, like, is that even really what I want? Or is this just what I've been conditioned to think that I want? Because I had a dad who was very interested in, um, in showbiz and in like superstardom. And so I think a lot of that was him trying to live vicariously through me. So yeah, I had a lot of that kind of surface, but once I transitioned out of that kind of dream, I started to think like, okay, maybe I want to like go into marine biology because I love animals and I love swimming. Swimming is like one of my favorite things on earth. And so I was like, "Hmm, you know, maybe marine biology is where it's at. And then I took my first biology class in high school and I said, F this. (laughs) So that was no longer a dream of mine. And I think things just kind of evolved from 
kind of later in high school going on into college, I never had that feeling of like, this is what I want to be when I grow up kind of thing. And, and I always felt like I was so alienated from a lot of my peers because they were like, oh, I know I want to be a nurse. Oh, I know I want to be a teacher. I know I want to do this with my life. And I'm like, I, I have no idea. I have no idea what I want to, what I want to do with my life or who I want to be. And so that made me feel very alone. And now here we've come full circle. I hope that if you are listening and you're still like, I don't know what I want to be when I grow up, that is totally normal. And I wish someone would have said that to me when I was 16 and 17 years old, that not everything has to be figured out and you don't always have to know what you want to do or what you want to be when you grow up. So anyway, I thought that marine biology was the thing. And then I thought, you know, I want to be a teacher. And now I realize, yes, I do want to be a teacher, just a different kind of teacher. So I, I don't really agree with the way that the education system is set up. Is set up. I think it, our, I think our kids are failing um, and not by their own behavior or actions or lack of education. I, I, the school system is just really messed up in my opinion. So I didn't want I to agree. go down that. <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to go down that rabbit hole of, of being a teacher in, in the traditional sense. And then right out of high school, well, not right out of high school, a little, I mean, my first semester of college, um, I met who would then become my husband. So I got married at 19 and with marriage comes a lot of other responsibilities. And I ended up dropping out of college and I was there kind of in that same place of like, I have no idea what I want to do. I I'm okay. So like, I'm supposed to have this identity as a wife in a heterosexual relationship which I don't even know how to describe that point in my life anymore. <laughs> I look back and just kind of laugh about it. But anyway, all of that to say, I really just didn't have any clue what I wanted to do with my life. And that just made me feel so alone. I wish that, I just wish that I had someone in my corner being like, it's okay, it's okay. You don't have to have it figured out right now. But I didn't have that. And my dreams of being a wife changed over time. My dreams of being married at such a young age changed over time. And so I got divorced and kind of recommitted some important values to myself at that point. I held true to the fact that I am a, a gay woman and, and I kind of reestablished that like vow to myself to never betray that part of me again. And yeah, so I got divorced and started dating again and I could go on and on about those relationships because... <laughs> Oh man, they were rough. Yeah, all of that to say, I didn't realize my profession and what I really wanted to do until after I had a lot of life experience under my belt and I had gone through some really hard shit and uh, determined that after battling suicide ideations that I was really meant to be a therapist. And also through like this enlightenment time in my life, um, I've learned to love the Enneagram. I've learned to love myself more. And so being a coach and teaching in that way is what I've realized is and has been the best thing for me. I just needed to go through life for a little while. So those are my dreams and how they've changed. <laughs> Isn't it so crazy? I, yeah. Like you said, I wish I had someone who told me when I was, you know, in high school that I didn't need to have it all figured out and it was okay that I didn't like, I tell people all the time and I tell Hank, I was like, if our kids don't know exactly what they want to do and like they're not like I want to be a doctor I want to be a lawyer or whatever career you have to go to school for I don't want them to go to college like why why spend the money why like the stress of college especially these days I feel like it's even worse and like just insane if you don't even know what you want to do, like go experience life. Like I wish that I would have just done that, but you know, that wasn't the norm, at least whenever I, in my high school, I mean, I went to a small private high school and if you didn't like, it wasn't, are you going to college? It was what college are you going to? And it never even crossed my mind to not go to college. And same. <laughs> I enjoyed my college experience, but at the same time, I feel like I could have learned so much more in a different environment. And yeah, I just hope that kind of changes like with the next generation that they don't feel the need to go to school and get into all of this debt and everything for for what, you know? So yeah, and it, it is so important to just go through life and have experiences to learn who you are and what you want and what you don't want. Most importantly, I feel like that was college for me realizing like what I don't want to do. And like you, it's like I 
thought I wanted to be a teacher, but I think I just wanted to teach something different. I wanted, I think our kids are lacking in like emotional agility and everything mental health. Like there's nothing in the school system that is teaching them how to regulate their emotions. And I realized like that's, if I were to help kids, it would be in that you know, aspect and more of like a one-on-one situation. But now I'm like, but also what about helping the parents or future parents of our, you know, future generations? What if we help them heal themselves so that they could be better parents? So anyway, it's interesting how it all comes full circle. Yeah, I definitely agree. It, it definitely comes up comes full circle I yeah I I agree with the with the thing you said about or the thing that you agreed with about what I said about uh, wishing that you had someone telling you that it was it was just it was normal to feel that way and no you don't not everyone is meant to go to college not everyone is like meant to have that dream and have that happen in their lives and some people have gifts that are outside of academics and I think that that should be something that's normalized and it's not especially I mean I know probably people from where I'm from, where I grew up, they probably would agree that like the thing to do, the right thing to do is to go to college and get yourself a four-year education and, you know, do something with your degree. And, and that's just, I mean, that's just not, that's not the right way of looking at the world as a whole, but that's also like not the right way to look at people. Like we're not cookie cutter, you know, we're not, a, it's not, we're not a cookie cutter designed like human experience thing. We're like, we're people. And anyway, I think sometimes our Southern society can forget that a little bit, but yeah, I mean, outside of my professional dreams and what I thought that I wanted, I can say I touched on it a little bit a minute ago, but like what I thought I wanted in a partner, what I thought that I dreamed of uh, in relationships, I have always wanted to be married. That's still something that's like very important to me. And I think even more so probably as a gay woman, just because of how hard we've had to fight for equality. But I mean, outside of that, I do really identify with the sanctity of marriage. I think it's a beautiful thing. And so, yeah, I've always wanted to be married. I just didn't think that it would happen at 19 as a rebound from another relationship. Yeah, I didn't think that's how it would turn out, but that was my first my first go with it. And and I guess in going through a marriage and a divorce at such a young age, I was um I was what, like 20 23, 24 when I got divorced. Obviously, you realize things you want and don't want. In my case, it was I want a woman, not a man, which I had already identified with in my in my teen years. Um and then I I kind of like, I went back in the closet for a little bit, but, um, <laughs> let myself back in there, but, <laughs> but yeah, so outside of, of that, like big realization, cause that's a big one was just like what I valued in a partner where I wanted to live, what, what I wanted my house to look like. I'm like obsessed with craftsman style homes. Doesn't serve you well in new England because there's hardly any of those, <laughs> but you know, just all the things that come with like dreaming when you're in a serious relationship, you think of like building your life with that person. And I, I love carrying all of those little things with me through each of my relationships because they are all true. They just happen to be revealed to me within those relationships. And so those are the good things that I take with me from those. But I don't know, I I guess I just thought like, okay, I want this quality in a person and I want, you know, I want honesty and I want thoughtfulness and I want to be, you know, treated like a queen because I am one. And, you know, I learned a lot about what I wanted in a partner from those experiences and from the other, from the relationships that would come after, which I think I'm just going to have to dedicate to like a whole episode for those because (laughs) it's just crazy. But yeah, I guess some other like dreams I had for my life that I thought I wanted at the time. Oh, I, and I know one of them was to stay in my hometown for a while. And now that I'm out of it and I've moved out of it, I'm like, what? I would never go back. I wouldn't, I mean, to visit obviously, but never to move back. It's, you know, so much has just changed and I'm not the same person I was before. So moving back home would be, I think, a little counterproductive to where I'm at in life right now. I definitely had dreams of marrying one of my exes for sure. The one that I um, I was with after my marriage, I thought her and I would get married. We were engaged and, you know, long story short without going too much into like detail in this episode, but all in all, we really just were not good for each other. And I thought that that relationship was what I wanted. I thought that that life was what I wanted. And I realized that I kept, 
in a, in a different way, I realized that I had been neglecting myself. Like I was in my marriage where I wasn't being honest about my sexuality. And in this relationship, of course I was honest about that piece of it, but I think it was a combination <laughs> that that relationship failed. I think it was a combination of, I wasn't honest with certain aspects of my life and my past that I thought were shameful because I hadn't healed from those places. And it also failed because she just had some very unhealthy tendencies and characteristics that I could not get behind. It, it was just, it was too, it was too much. So I'll circle back to that in, in another episode, but yeah, I think sometimes a relationship in and of itself can be a dream that you thought you wanted and then realize, no, it's actually not. And then in those experiences, you're able to learn like, wow, okay, that was really, it was really effing hard to go through. But had I not gone through that, I wouldn't know who I am better. And I wouldn't know how to love myself um, in a way that I need to be loved. And I can't forsake myself in order to please other people and be what other people want me to be. The only way that I'm going to be happy and fulfilled in a relationship is if I love myself first and am coming from a place of like, okay, I've, I've healed and I'm, and I'm growing and I love myself in the best way that I'm capable of loving myself now and allowing someone else to love you back. I think is really the only way to be in a healthy relationship. So those are the dreams that I thought I wanted um, that I didn't get. And some of those were both good and bad things. Yeah. I think all in all, it's like, we, we learn from it, even if it's really hard and we sometimes wish that we hadn't, like, I feel like I have no regrets about, you know, the decisions that I made and the people that I dated and the careers that I thought that I wanted because it's kind of like led me to where I am today, which sounds so cliche and lame, but it, it is true. Uh, looking back on all the decisions that I made has taught me like who I am and helped me understand myself a little bit more and the things that have been harder to, I don't know, I guess, learn about myself and who I was and who I'm trying to kind of unbecome in a way to be able to become my best self. It's definitely been a journey but I'm here and I'm going to continue to dream and pivot and figure myself out. So I guess now we can talk a little bit more about maybe some dreams that we have now and what's holding us back from getting to those dreams or, you know, what's hard about the dreams or yeah. Yeah. I think it was so good about what you said about unbecoming. I think unbecoming is such an art, like you have to unbecome and unlearn all the things that other people told you you have to become and who you have to be. And so the unbecoming and the unlearning of all of that can be very messy and hard and difficult. But I can say, even as I'm doing it still, it's been so worth it to know like who I am, what I dream, what I want. So with that being said, yeah, let's talk about some dreams that we have now. And now that we're in like a much different place in our lives, like we have a different idea of what what dreaming actually looks like and whether or not those things come to fruition or not. It's more about learning who we are in the process. And it really is about ever achieving the dream anyway. So yeah, let's talk about it. What are some of your dreams that like you're currently manifesting or like thinking of that you're just like busting at the seams with? Yeah. So real quick, I kind of want to go back to like a dream that I had that I've like has become like has happened. Um, and that was becoming a coach. That was a dream that I had like really like halfway, maybe not halfway. That's not the right way to say it. Like probably six months or a year into my like personal growth and healing journey. I was listening to a podcast and in the podcast, they were saying, that the people that you look up to, like the reason why you look up to them is because you see yourself in them and they have something that you also have. And maybe that means like, if you're all, ever wondering like, what's your, you know, what, what you want to be when you grow up or whatever, like look at those people that you look up to and like why you look up to them. And when I listened to that podcast, I started sobbing because I finally realized like what I was meant to do. And then started my journey of like, okay, now I'm going to start a blog. And then I was going to join a program so I could, you know, learn how to become a coach essentially and learn how to have a, your own business. And then the pandemic hit and I got really depressed and I kind of had to put that dream aside for a little bit. And then 
I was able to work through some really hard stuff. And then I kind of realized I wanted to help people in a little bit of a different way than I thought that I did. So I think something to remember is sometimes your dreams can pivot and change a little bit. And I realized I wanted to help people with their mental health because I had just gone through one of the most painful times of my entire life. Like I'll just say like, I basically, this is how I'll tell people like I had to feel all of this pain that I never allowed myself to feel growing up because I just shoved it all in because I thought that's what I had to do because I had to look happy on the outside and or seem happy and I wasn't allowed to feel sad or angry or anything else so I just kept it all in and that's when I I knew that I wanted to help people in that way so I joined another program to to kind of get the business to take off and and I did it and I you know here I am like I did a workshop and I had a podcast and we're about to do another workshop again and and it's happening and and it's really awesome and then I you know I have this other really big dream like I said in the first episode of opening this space and I realized I wanted to like kind of be in the vicinity with creatives because I love small business and I love creating myself and writing and I make malas and I love to paint, which is so interesting because that's nothing that I ever thought that I'd be interested in, mainly because I didn't think that I was good enough. So I got a job at a ceramic studio and now like that's about to come to a close, but I have the opportunity to potentially be part of a retail space that could grow into my space that I want to own. And it's so important to, even if you're not doing exactly what you want to be doing, doing something that's kind of similar to get you around those people that are doing it because it makes you realize like, wow, these are just people too. Like they're just like me. They don't have anything like more special. They're not better than me. They're not smarter than me. They just, they just did it. And I think that's like the biggest thing is like taking action because you know, things like people pleasing and procrastination and overthinking and procrastination really gets in our way. And if we are able to just take little tiny baby steps to get to where we want to go. I think that's the the best thing that we can do because it's easy to like, look at the big picture and see it's like, you know, going for a hike. Like you look at the top of the mountain, you're like, how am I ever going to get there? And it's really just like one step at a time. So yeah, <laughs> that's what I have to say about that. It's so true. Yeah. Taking one step at a time. And then sometimes the steps don't look like you thought they would. And then you have to pivot and change, you know, it's, it's all part of the process for sure. So yeah. So my dreams that I'm currently, I won't say chasing, but um, currently some dreams that I'm dreaming of (laughs) are, God, this is so like both like good and bad. I feel like uh, my life right now is a dream come true, which is such a crazy thing to think about. Like I'm literally living the life that I dreamed of. And I will kind of explain that more so you guys understand it a little bit better. I mean, just as far as relationships go, I think I've always had this like romantic view of relationships being like uh, having like a soulmate feel. And I would say I'm a pretty romantic person. And I always kind of had that like, Cinderella-esque dream where I thought, you know, the the handsome prince, not really so much a prince, but like a handsome princess would come along and, you know, not rescue me, but like be the person I'm meant to be with. And it's going to be easy to find. And that was obviously not the case in my life, but now I have such a loving and I, I don't know, just like mutually respectful relationship. We love each other more than anything like we we just have like a really really good solid relationship and that's been the first time I felt that way definitely as an adult in a relationship and so that part is like a dream come true my life and my my career um I feel like I'm working towards my dream career as a therapist and working with clients uh to help with their mental health, because mental health is definitely a passionate area for me to talk about since I've lived through a lot of the not so great pieces of that. And I want to be able to help people know that they aren't alone, especially with like suicide ideations. I was so, I was so scared to admit that that was going on. And so I think my dream is that piece is a work in progress because I'm in school, like I'm working towards it. And the school piece has been a dream because 
ever since I got divorced, that's all I wanted. I wanted to go back to school so bad and I couldn't because I shot myself in the foot when I, when I dropped out of college about 10 years ago, I thought I, I thought that I withdrew like I was supposed to. And I ended up WFing every single class, which affected my GPA, which at that point wouldn't allow me to be eligible for any sort of financial aid. So my only option was to get loans through banks and my credit was shot and I couldn't afford, I, I couldn't get a loan. And so you literally year after year or semester after semester, I would apply, I would get accepted to a school and then I would apply for FAFSA and I was denied everything because I wasn't eligible for financial aid. And so 10 years, finally down the road, I am just now to the point where they are not, they won't, they're not even looking at my previous credits unless it's for like degree audit stuff to give me the credit for it. But as far as financial aid, they don't care anymore. 10 years. And so I was like, I chased that dream because that's all I wanted and I could not afford to pay for it. And so now, of course, I'm taking out student loans, (laughs) which isn't the dream, but the dream of going back to school and being able to like be in a place where I can afford it and at least take a student loan. That was such a big dream of mine that felt like such a fight. And so now that I'm here and so like, yes, my life is super stressful and I have so much going on but this is literally what I've been dreaming of for years. And so that's here, it's happening, which feels fantastic. And then the other side of my career being a coach, I didn't realize that this was a dream that I had. And now that I'm in it, I'm like, oh my gosh, like I love coaching. The the guidebook that I just made for my last client came out beautiful. I, which I'll have to show you, I'll have to show you later, Kayla, but like it, it just turned out beautiful. That part of it was so fun being able to like actually use the guidebook in the coaching session and kind of like guide her through it and things that she can look out for. Like that was amazing. So I feel like right now, every dream that I've had or didn't even realize that I had is like coming to fruition or has happened or is happening in some way. So I think if I could say like a dream that I'm really working towards would be to take my guidebooks from like a PDF version and maybe print them out and stock them or have a, an option to have creative pieces to make using like procreate on the iPad and doing some like doodling stuff and have a cricket. I used to have a cricket and I'm really a uh, creative with stuff like that. So I want to be able to like make like little stickers and things, especially for the Enneagram and like keep those stocked. So when I send like thank you cards, I can just put a little sticker in there. And I want people to have like really tangible things from my coaching because I'm a very like tangible type of person. I know not everybody learns that way, but I'm also very cutesy. And so I want to be able to send you guys like cutesy stuff if I'm coaching you. And so I think that's like my next dream. That's like the next step for me right now. I love that. That's so cute. I always wanted to make stickers too. I always see people making them. I love procreate is the best. Um, I haven't played with it in a while. That's like my ADHD brain. Like I got it and I was obsessed with it for like six months and then I stopped using it, but that's awesome. I love that. And I love what you said about, you know, the goal, like once again, I like focused all on my career, but like the goal of like meeting your dream partner is so special and like it's like once you finally meet them and you like know right away like and that's not always the case you don't always know right away so I don't want to for people to think that because every relationship is different but in my case it felt that way and I knew that it was something different than what I'd ever experienced and it was like more than I even thought like I didn't even think that there are people like this and I kept waiting and waiting for like something to be wrong with him I was like, like the shoe to drop the other yes drop. yes yeah, yeah, yeah. and I was like there's there's no way like he's this great and then it's like he is like obviously he's not perfect but I feel like we have a lot of the same values like we just get along so well we now have two dogs which is like so crazy honestly that was never like a huge I mean I think I always wanted a dog but honestly thought that I wanted like a little tiny dog and then now we have these two like 60 and 75 pound dogs that are so sweet and cuddly and I mean I was just looking at them last night on the couch with like their little heads next to each other 
asleep and I was like oh my gosh I love my life and like we bought a house this past year and and it's so cool I'm like this is like I own this space like I'm just looking around my office right now like I have these plants hanging and I have my like dried bouquet from our wedding and I painted a mural on the wall and it's just so cool to be able to make things your own and yeah it's fun it's really fun yeah, that's so sweet. I have moments like that too, where I just look around and I'm like, I can't believe this is my life. And it just kind of hits you. And I think too, like something that kind of hits you uh, or me at times, especially when I'm like looking around and I'm like, okay, wait, this is really good. And this feels really good. So why am I bracing for the fact that something could go wrong and something could like, you know, mess it up or I could mess it up or, you know, and so I think that's part of like, the thing that holds us back from achieving dreams is like that we we're bracing for the negative impact. We're bracing for like the thing to go wrong. We're bracing for, you know, the the worst case scenario or like second to second to last worst case scenario option. Like, you know, we go back and forth between the two or, you know, just all the things that, that hold us back. But I think that's, that's one of the things too, is like when everything just feels really good and you're like, what if something happens to this? And what if, everything that I thought that I dreamed of is taken from me, which I think you can look at that in both a positive and a negative spin. But I think for the, for the sake of this conversation, I guess we'll look at the negative and like, you know, the constant fear um, of not achieving or not, not achieving a dream, but that once you've achieved the dream that something bad will happen and, and it's taken from you. And I mean, I guess on, on that topic, I can provide like a little, a little bit of a tangible story. So when I first moved in with Kat, I had this moment where I was literally terrified. Like I woke up in the middle of the night, terrified, thinking that, oh my God, this is too good to be true. I cannot believe I just moved in with practically a stranger because hashtag lesbians, like, you know where we just U-Haul, that's just what we do. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God, I just moved in with a stranger. Oh my God, I bet she's cheating on me. That literally came out of nowhere. There was no proof that she was cheating on me. There was no proof that she'd done anything. And I just remember having this feeling of like, oh my God, oh my God, she's cheating on me. She's staying up at late hours of the night because she's talking to some other girl, probably on Lex, because that's where we met. And I'm like, okay, is there any proof? that that exists. No. But before I could get there, I spiraled backward again. I was like, Oh my God, who is she talking to? Who is she talking to? So I was like, okay, well now I'm just going to be curious and nosy and I'm going to figure out who she's talking to. So she's talking to a friend of hers. And I was like, who's, <laughs> I want to say the name of the friend, but then I'm also like, do I want to out them on the podcast? Probably not. But I'm like, who, who, who is so-and-so? And Kat was like, Oh, you know, she's, she's the friend that I was telling you about, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. But I still just wasn't convinced. And then I just had to like, let myself out of that like thought process. Like, okay, she hasn't done anything to hurt you. She's not the people you were with before. She's not going to hurt you the way that they hurt you. She's not, you know, she's not talking to anybody else like about you or uh, in in a negative way. She's not like talking to someone else to like, you know, like she's not going to cheat on you, like nothing like that. But it's so crazy that like when we have what we want and when we have what we've dreamed of, we can so revert back to those self-sabotaging behaviors if we're not careful. And had I let myself spiral even more and not recognize that, it could have led to like a bigger fight. It could have led to like, you know, her thinking that I have like trust issues, which I don't in that like sort of extreme way. I don't really have trust issues. I'm not going to like go pry through your phone or anything, but like, yeah, if we're just not careful, we can really self-sabotage the things that we are actively dreaming up and what we're choosing to go after. And so, yeah, as funny as that is, like, it's also not funny. And so if I had to say like, you know, something that holds me back from believing that my relationship is healthy and it's going to last is, is me. Like it's my own, it's my own damaging thoughts that come in and like really, they just really get in the way and they can hold you back from, they can hold you back from a lot if you let them. And so I think just starting to notice where they come up, how they come up, uh, what the fear is telling you. I think starting there and just starting to notice what that looks like and sounds like 
is a great place to start in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Isn't it crazy? I just had a thought pop up and I feel like I've had this thought before because I've dealt with a lot of relationship anxiety as well with Hank thinking like, oh, is this the right relationship? Am I settling? Is this, this, this? And like, like almost like OCD about it, just like these thoughts popping up in my head. And I think sometimes when we're in a place, whether it's a relationship or a job or whatever that may be, and we get to the place where we always wanted to be or where like even that's even exceeds our dreams, we think that we don't deserve it. And I think that sometimes is what happens. It's like, we think we don't deserve this. So then we're, our thoughts are going to come up and try to, like you said, like sabotage that. And my biggest, like what I do to help me with those thoughts is just to realize they're not my own. Like if you can hear the voice in your head, like that is not you speaking. That is your past trauma. That is, you know, maybe what some someone else said to you or what someone has done to your relationship or whatever that may be. And something that I heard once from, I think it was a TikTok. He was like, imagine you are a fish swimming through the sea, pretend like you're Nemo. And you see all these hooks popping down and those hooks are those thoughts. And I think sometimes we can be so quick to grab them and hang on to them and like believe them as our truth. But instead, what if you just looked at them and were like, oh, interesting. I wonder where that came from and maybe got a little bit curious and then kept moving forward. And I think that would save a lot of us from from that self-sabotage and from just like the disbelief in ourselves that like we are capable and we are deserving of everything that we have that is good and that we are good. So yeah, I love that you brought that up because I think it's so important because it's huge in our, you know, in our journeys. Yeah, it's huge. Oh my gosh. The like the self the self-sabotage stuff and the the unworthiness that we believe of like, okay, do I really believe that I deserve this and that I'm worth this? And oftentimes if we're self-sabotaging, we probably don't believe that we're worthy of it. We think that someone else is better suited for that relationship or that career or that thing. You know, we might be dreaming of it, but our fear can hold us back from actually achieving it and listening to the voices in our head from people who maybe told you that you can't or that you shouldn't, or, you know, I, I, if it's in a relationship, you know, you're listening to the voices of those past people that are telling you that you're not good enough or that you can't be trusted or that you whatever that looks like in that relationship. And that's simply just not true, but you have to believe it's not true. And you have to believe that you're worthy of it. Otherwise you're not going to achieve it. And that's such a hard lesson and such a hard pill to swallow, but it's, it's definitely, it's definitely true. And it's been true in my life for sure. Yes. I just like had a little thought back to like when I was younger and mean in high school is like probably the first time I remember this. And even in college, I remember it happening. Like, for example, there would be like people running for like student council or like just different things like that. And I never would run because I was always thought in my head, well, some so-and-so would be better at that than me. This person has more skills or this person has more this and the same thing in college, like in my sorority, everyone's like, you should run for this office. And I was like, okay. And like, I was like, I was going to do it. And then someone, I heard someone else was going to run and I was like, oh, they'd be better at it than me. Like, I never thought that I was good enough. And so I think when we can just realize and believe that like we are good enough and that there's only one us, like we're the only person, like a million, there's a million other, not maybe not a million, but thousands of other coaches out there that probably talk about the exact same thing that you do, Allie, or the same thing that I do, but like no one does it like we do. And there's people that are going to resonate with us. The same with our podcasts. I'm sure there's other podcasts that are very similar, but like our stories are going to resonate with certain people. So just something to remember if you're like wanting to do something and you feel like, oh, someone else already does that. Someone else already has that, that no one else does it like you do. Oh, that's so true. It actually makes me think of when I was talking to you, I think it was last week, Kayla, when we were, when I was telling you about how I wanted to create like my guidebook and I was like, but I don't want anybody to think that like I'm copying Stephanie, which if you listen to the last episode, you know, Stephanie is our Enneagram coach. And so I was like, well, I don't want to like take her Enneagram blueprint and like copy it. And you were like, well, no, you're not copying it because you know, just like she got inspiration from somewhere else. You're getting inspiration from her, but that doesn't mean that you're copying her. And I realized in that moment, like, wow, that really holds me back. Like, I think that just because someone else has done it means that I can't do it. And that's not true. And I created my own guidebook 
that walks uh, my clients through their Enneagram type with their wings and their growth and their core emotion and their stress levels and all the things. And it turned out beautiful and so unique. And um, it was created by my own brain. There were no templates in with that. I just came up with it. And, and I think, yeah, when we, when we learn that taking inspiration from someone else is flattery and it's like, it's beauty. It's not, uh, it's not copying and it's not, you know, copying someone. It's really just getting inspiration from them. And just because they do it already doesn't mean that you don't have the power to shape it and make it your own and talk to the people who you know are going to appeal to you. So that's just like my coaching side note there, but it's so true. And it can apply to like so many other different aspects of our lives as well. Yeah, that's so good. I'm glad that what I said resonated with you because sometimes even I'll like stop myself from like saying something or writing something or whatever, because I'm like, oh, well, someone else has said this or they, they don't, I mean, they are, they've already heard this. They don't need to hear it. And it's just put it out there. You're going to help someone, even if it's just one person, but yeah, I'm trying to think what else do you feel Allie, like holds you back from moving forward or living your dream or anything like that? Oh, perfectionism. <laughs> I say that so casually because it's like so ingrained in me, but yeah, but I mean, we talked about this last week with the Enneagram, but it's so true. I, as a one, I am so drawn, not even like drawn. I am just, I have this like innate part of me that needs everything to be perfect all the time, which then translates into, okay, well, if I don't know enough about this, if I don't think that I'm worthy or deserving or all the things that we just said, and if I don't feel like it's going to look good enough or be good enough, then I'm probably not going to do it because everything in my life should feel like perfect. <laughs> and when things don't feel just perfect, then I start to think to myself, well, this isn't good enough in my eyes and other people are going to judge me because of how not good it is. And you know, that, I mean, that really, that really goes hand in hand with who I am within the Enneagram, which is another big way of like how it set me free because I'm able to, I'm able to step back from those thoughts and be like, okay, this is why I think that because I am this, I am this type, but how I feel about it and what holds me back don't define me. It's just how I'm wired to think. And so I know perfectionism is, is just, it, I mean, it's a huge one for me. I feel like if I don't know enough, if I don't feel competent enough in a certain area, and if I don't feel perfect enough in a certain area, then me starting something that I don't feel perfect at is a huge challenge. Um, which is a lot of the reason why I put off doing the podcast was because I was like, I've never done a podcast before. I'm not going to do this the right way. It's not going to be good enough. I'm just going to keep putting it off. I'm just keep putting it off. So, I mean, yeah, perfectionism is like, it's just, it's a big one. It's a big one in my life. What about, what about you? What holds you back? Yeah, definitely perfectionism and all the things that go along with it. I remember taking, not taking a quiz. I, oh, I found a podcast and it was called like the perfectionism project or something like that. And she did one and it was like 10 signs you are a perfectionist and like every single one resonated with me. It's like the all or nothing mindset. Like I think that if I can't do it, like if I can't go all in, then I might as well just not do it. Or the people pleasing, like thinking that I have to please everyone and I have to make everyone happy. And you just, you never will. You're never going to make everyone happy. And you're just going to spend your life exhausting yourself, trying to please everyone. And like, so often, like when I'm writing a post, I'm like, oh, like, what is someone going to think about this? And the one thing I've learned and I'm still learning is that you can't control people's like perception of you or of what you wrote. Like everyone's going to think of it as they see it as, as they've, as far as they've experienced, like people's perceptions are only as far as much as they've experienced. And so I can't control that. And I think it's a lot of like wanting control and wanting to control what people 
feel or think about like what I have to put out into the world. And the same with like fear of failure. I'm so, I'm so, so afraid to fail at something that like, I don't even try. And there's a song from one of my favorite musicals. And he says, I learned to slam on the break before I even turned the key. And like, when I heard that lyric, I was like, holy shit. Like that is 100% me. Like I won't even try something. I'll just, I'll just tell myself and that I can't do it. And then just won't because I'm so afraid of once again, it's the people pleasing, people pleasing thing, but being afraid that I'm going to fail and something that I've had to learn and keep <laughs> learning over and over. I think there are certain things that you're going to have to just learn over and over. And that's that failure is the key to growth and the key to like your dreams. Like you're, you're going to fail. Like can't think of the person who invented the light bulb, but it was like, he didn't fit. Who was it? Wait, wasn't it Thomas Edison? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I think so but someone said like he didn't fail like he failed like people were like he failed like hundreds of times before he you know figured it out and it's like no he didn't fail that many times he it took him that many steps to get there and if you can just think of failure as a step a learning process it's so hard for me to like get that in my head and I see it in like kids that I name either like oh but if I fail like that's bad I'm just like no that's how you learn and they're just they can't handle that and I'm like oh I just like see it so often in so many people that it's just been ingrained in them that messing up is bad like even the littlest things like spilling something on the ground how often do you beat yourself up whenever you make these little mistakes in your day-to-day life you're just human like you're just a freaking human and you're going to mess up and once we get that out of our head that we can't mess up then that's whenever the magic happens so that is very true I definitely have a fear of failure as well if I think like okay, well, there's no reason to start this because it's not going to turn out great. It's not going to be perfect. So like there's the fear of failure and the perfectionism. And yeah, those things have definitely held me back. Especially, well, especially lately, I think more of the, the fear of failure with like coaching in school. I'm like, oh my gosh, what if I don't get good grades? Oh, okay. Well, I guess I'll just, you know, I guess I'll just do my best. And like, I have this like doomsday kind of thought process where I'm like, everything's just going to fail. I'm just going to mess everything up. Everything's going to be a shit show. Like, no, Allie, you're just anxious. Okay. <laughs> this is called anxiety. <laughs> so if anybody out there, if anybody else out there has anxiety, can we be best friends, please? Because we're going to learn some stuff from each other for sure. Oh my gosh, man. Anxiety is like my worst enemy and my best friend all at the same time. And yep. Mine too. Oh, I think we could do a whole podcast on anxiety because man it is a doozy thank y'all so much for listening to a little less alone we're so glad you joined us for today's topic on dreams and the things that hold us back from those next week we're going to be talking about everyone's favorite topic which is anxiety now with anxiety There are a few important things to remember. You are not your anxiety. And I know that this isn't like the most fun topic, but we're going to try and make it fun for you. So just remember, you're not your anxiety. You're still worthy. Your anxiety is a liar and it can fuck off. Okay, great. Thanks. I hope you'll have a great week. Bye.